I'm John Carter in Moscow. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra. Reporting from India. In Colombia. I'm John Carter. Today on The Carter Report, John Carter talks about how to make America really great again. I'm so glad to welcome you here today. And especially glad to welcome you viewers, not only on 3ABN, because that goes right around the globe, but our viewers on Fox in Washington, D.C. Our topic is a red-hot one. There it is. How to make America great again, but how to make America really, really and truly great again. I'm going to start with a text out of the Bible, and I'd like you to take your Bible, please, in the studio here today, because you've all got Bibles. What a great TV audience you are, so thank you for coming. I want you to come with me over here to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and verse 34. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. And the wisest man who has ever lived said these words, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. What on earth does that mean? Righteousness exalts a nation. It means the goodness of God. The goodness of God working inside us makes the nation great, but sin pulls the nation down to the gates of hell. It means this, that if you obey God's laws, you will be blessed, you will be the head and not the tail. Let me mention the great contradiction as far as I see it. I believe in making America truly great again, but I believe that America is already great. <laughs> I believe that America is a great country. Why do people come to America? Um, my daughter Julie works up in the Bay Area and she's working now with some refugees and they've come from Afghanistan. And they're just a beautiful family. They've arrived here. They've got nothing, but it's not going to stay that way. And so we're giving them just a little bit of, a little bit of help. But people come here because it's better here than in most places. Emma Lazarus, have you heard of her? Emma Lazarus, she said these words. Give me your tide, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free the refuge refuse of your teeming shore send these the homeless tempest tossed to me i lift my lamp beside the golden door that tremendous words that to me sort of sums up what america has been about written by mr lazarus in 1883 she was a Jewish lady, and as you all know, the Jews have made a tremendous contribu contribution to the United States of America. Some of my best friends are Jews. I love the Jewish people. America for many years has been a beacon of hope to the world. John McCain went out a few months ago to Australia and spoke to the parliament, and he said these words. I'm a bit of a fan also of John McCain. <laughs> great American, great patriot, he said, don't give up on us. He said, we are going through a, a very, 
difficult, very divisive time. But he said, we have fought together. The Australians and the Americans have fought and bled together in every war in the last hundred years. No other country can say that. And so he said to the Australians, don't give up on us. You know the Declaration of Independence. It's a good reason not to give up on America. The Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of happiness. Pretty good stuff, isn't it? So every person has made this wonderful declaration, says, made by God and given certain gifts. I believe this, that was said, of course, in 1776. I believe that you can achieve and accomplish more in America than most other countries. And I have visited most other countries, all things being equal. I love the words of the great, President of the United States who was shot down in the flower of manhood, John Kennedy. I want you to listen now to the words of President Kennedy that he spoke in Houston. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Five, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic. Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. And so Americans said, uh, we don't do it because it's easy. We do it and we achieve it, we accomplish it. Why? Because it's hard. On another occasion he said, uh, some people ask the question, why? But as Americans, we don't ask why, we ask, why not? Why not? Some tremendous events have taken place in America. I can't begin to enumerate them today. But something that is precious to me was the rise of the great Second Advent Movement. This was a part of the Great Awakening, led by William Miller, who was a Baptist, who taught the coming of Christ, this moved vast numbers of people. It started here in America. I wonder, why did it start in America? It started here in America because this was a fertile field. Uh, people were not saying why. They were saying, why not? Uh, one of my dear friends is Danny Shelton. He comes from southern Illinois. A little over 30 years ago, Danny was a carpenter, but he had a vision and he had a dream that God was calling him to set up a worldwide satellite network and reach the world with the gospel of Christ. 
Most people, most countries would have said, why? <laughs> Danny said, why not? Happened in America. And then with the Carter Report, 3ABN moved to Russia. And this was quite astounding. This is one of the great buildings owned by 3ABN in Russia. Did you know it is the largest Protestant building in all of Russia? And it came from here. It came from here. And it came from here because people said, not why, but why not? Let me give a personal testimony. I've lived in America for a little more than 30 years, born in Australia, got two passports, an Australian and an American passport. So I'm a hybrid. (laughs) But I have found that America has been good, good to the gospel, good to the Carter Report, good to this ministry that has gone into all the world. We've been to Russia about 50 times now, and it started, and we were able to do it from a base here. I believe that the dream still lives on. So America has been great, and I say America is great. But there is room to become greater. Hear this? America in recent years, it seems to me, has been losing the vision that Ronald Reagan spoke about, the vision of the bright shining city on the hill. And uh, I'm afraid that in recent years, the light over America has uh, been getting dim. There's room. There's room. Would you please look at Proverbs 14.34 again? Proverbs, take your Bible. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness, the goodness, the goodness of God, the power of God, the mercy of God, but if sin takes over, the nation goes to hell. I want you to realize this because the politicians are not saying this. True greatness is synonymous with true goodness. And you can't become great unless you're good. We're going to notice today the aspects of that righteousness, that goodness that makes a nation like America great these aspects of righteousness that make people great. Number one, here it is. Here it is. Wholehearted acceptance of those Judeo-Christian values on which America was built. Make no mistake. This nation originally was based upon the Holy Bible, and I don't care what the skeptics say. Uh, The father of the nation said... He was not a perfect man. There are no perfect people. Washington said, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and uh, the Bible. That's what he said. I hear people telling me, no, 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 this nation was founded just as an atheistic, secular nation. That is not true. I'm going to tell you how to destroy America. Because some people seem to want to destroy America. Get rid of God in the Bible. Get rid of God in the Bible. Many, not all, but many in Hollywood and in the media, not all the media, but many have been waging war on Judeo-Christian values. Have you noticed it? You know it's true. We've come a long way from the Waltons. (laughs) 
People laugh about it. Who wants to be like the Waltons? A lot of people do still. Come a long way from the Waltons and the little house on the prairie. Today, from Hollywood, every sin and perversion is glorified. There was a time when almost all went to church and believed in the Ten Commandments. You know it's true. Today, the nation is gripped by a drug epidemic. You know why? It's the symptom of our despair. We get rid of God. When the big God goes out, all the little gods come in. Now, there was a time, as my friend Danny Sheldon pointed out, when there were great evangelistic crusades run by great people like Billy Grime. That was when America was truly great, when people went to church, when families stayed together, and people worshipped God, they went to church. But there has been a war on the gospel and a war on evangelism, not only led by the secular people, but people in the church. And today, in many places, the church too often is a whispering hope. Let me talk about great Judeo-Christian truths that we, I believe are fundamental. We are made by a loving creator who made us in his image. Genesis 1, 1, 26 and 27. I want you to get your Bibles and look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and verse 26 and onwards. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I did not come down from the trees. I came down from the stars. The Bible teaches that we were made in the image of God and therefore every person is important. Look again, my American friends, my Australian friends, everybody watching around the world, look at the Declaration of Independence again. I want you to notice it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. It means it is so plain you've got to be absolutely crazy not to believe it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America is founded upon belief in God and belief in the Bible. That's what made America great. Atheism is the bane of the human race and is responsible for the deaths of tens of millions. I've been to Russia almost 50 times. I've seen what Stalin and Lenin did. I've been to the cemeteries where tens of millions of people were killed because they were taught, you are an animal, you're just a machine, you're something, nothing. I've been to Ukraine, I've spoken in the biggest theater in Ukraine with a tremendous crowd. After my talk, they took me down into the basement of that great auditorium and they showed me where people by the thousands were tortured and their blood ran out of the stonework. Their blood came out of the stonework. I've been outside Ukraine uh, to a great forest 
I've seen the pictures that have been put up on the trees. I've seen the crosses where the communists took innocent people and took them out there and shot them to death. They died by the millions. And people say we don't need God. I've been to Siberia so many times, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. In Siberia, there are 10,000 graves of people who were murdered. Ever heard of Magadan? One of the biggest problems we have today in America, particularly with young people, is that the educational system is so bad that they don't even know anything about history. You know, it's true. We've got one of the worst educational systems in the world today. And we're breeding dumbness. Magadan, where so many thousands have died, it's so freezing cold. The atheist paves the roads with human bone. Never heard of it? Go Google it. Magadan. And see if you want that. They were taught, you're an animal. You're a machine. When I went to Russia and I had preached cumulatively to millions of communists and atheists, I've probably spoken to more secular people than any other person on the face of the planet, face to face. And I told them this, you are not an animal. You are not a machine. You are a child of God. I want you to know that. So America was not based upon atheism or secularism. It was based upon the truth. You are a child of God. I was there. I saw these things. Time is not enough to tell a Pol Pot. Young people, you don't even know who he was? Then go and Google it. Ask your teacher. Maybe your teacher won't know. What about Mao Zedong? What about Castro? Well, you all know about Kim in North Korea and other greater atheists. Hitler was a God-hater. And they put to death people not by the thousands, but by the tens of millions, more than 100 million. There are a thousand good reasons to believe in God and not one good reason not to believe. And I know what I'm talking about. We need to return to the God of our fathers. All true greatness is synonymous with goodness and goodness comes from God. It is a vain hope to make America great again until you make America good again. We are facing today not only a financial crisis without history, without parallel in the history of the human race, but we are facing without parallel a crisis in morality. We need to have a wholehearted acceptance of the Judeo-Christian truth that racism is wrong. Aspects of righteousness, this goodness. Number two, racism is wrong. I want you to take your Bible and come over here to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 3 to 13. Jesus was the anti-racist. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It is about the sixth hour, noontime. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, 
and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But then he went on to say, if you drink from my water, you'll never be thirsty. But here is Jesus, a Jew, talking to a race that the Jews at that time despised. I want you to know that Jesus embraced people of every race. Racism is anti-Christian. You know why? We're all made in his image. Black man, white man, brown man, China man, all made in his image. We must repudiate absolutely without reservation all forms of racism. The neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan, all forms of racism including tribalism such as was practiced in Rwanda, when even black people killed other black people because they belonged to a different tribe. We must repudiate the caste system, which is practiced in India, where hundreds of millions of people are kept in darkness, poverty, and slavery, and humiliation. The caste system. It is evil. You see, the heart of man must be renewed. Whether it's a white heart, a black heart, doesn't matter. We're all the same inside. Jesus, in John chapter 3, said, you've got to be born again. It's too much talk about religion, not enough of the Spirit of God in our hearts. And when a person is born again, uh, he's not going to be born again uh, as uh, a racist. Racism is wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? We repudiate it. Do you want a greater America, a better America? Then embrace the biblical work ethic that was embraced by the Puritans. Going to look at Proverbs 24, verse 30 to 34. Going to take our Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 30 and 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles, the stone wall broken in. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. The Bible, listen, is opposed to laziness. And the early Americans were anything but lazy. They knew how to work. Look at 2 Thessalonians. Turn over now in your Bible to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3 and verses 10 and 11. For even when we were with, with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, it doesn't say cannot work. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are 
busy bodies. It means they're gossips. I believe in the work ethic of the Pilgrim Fathers and the fathers of this nation and all who believe that all kinds of work, if lawful, was honorable. Listen, I don't believe in socialism. I don't believe in communism. I've been to Russia in the winter of 91. I went there to Moscow. And a man came up out of the vast crowd and he said, this is the hell we have created. I went to Nizhny Novgorod a few months later. There was nothing at all in the stores. In fact, there weren't any stores. No bread. I came upon a man, a private man. He had a, a big truck full of fish. The people were starving, but no money to buy the fish. We'd come from America and we had money. We bought the truck and we bought the fish and we fed the people. You see, I do not believe uh, in a system that is based on laziness. In Russia, they had the saying, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. <laughs> there was a hotel we watched for 10 years being built, made no progress. They'd get there at nine o'clock, shake hands, have a committee meeting, shake hands and go home. We pretend to work. They pretend to pay us. I'm going to tell you something. I had an experience that has done me a lot of good. I left home when I was 16. My parents didn't have a lot of money, but they taught me, you got to work. I went to North Queensland and I drove a bulldozer. I couldn't even take a vacation, a day off for seven years. You say, that's, that's sort of slavery. No, it was good for me. It taught me the great work ethic that has built America. And America was built by people who were prepared to work and to trust in God. And if we want to make America great again, we've got to get back to what America was in the beginning. More after this break, more in a moment. In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions. Seven great signs of the apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, then the future is bright with promise. For a gift of $100 US or 140 Australian, this 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website. In the series, This I Believe, Pastor Carter reveals the heart and soul of the Carter Report. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I believe in the true gospel. I believe in the last days. 
I believe in the America that believes in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in evangelism. This, I believe. The seven DVD series, This I Believe, can be yours with a gift of $75 US or $105 Australian. Please write to us at the address on the screen or visit our website at carterreport.org. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.